0: You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday Morning Message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I wonder how you're all really feeling. For everyone in Ireland, you know, I'm sure, that our Taoiseach, Prime Minister, announced that there's another, I think, five weeks of this deep-level lockdown. No. I wonder how many... I wonder how many of us really are struggling with that. I want to talk today, though, about the whole concept of when God says stay and not to go. Because if I'm reading it correctly, and I could be wrong, but Michael and myself, just looking at all the statistics and everything, it looks like this is probably the last big, deep lockdown mm-hmm. that we'll have. We think. Um, And as we emerge out of it, it would be a tragedy that you and I don't fully take on board how sometimes God says, stay, do not go. And that when we obey that and when we're in that situation, even though it may go against our natural instincts, God will bring a blessing through it. So that's what I want to talk about today and I invite you, Holy Spirit, to through the digital airwaves speak to many hearts in Jesus name amen Amen. so most of us uh, are so familiar with the word stay and I'm sure there's a few of you who probably hate the word but what do I mean well stay at home Michael's favorite Ah! stay safe Ah! stay away stay within 5k. It goes on and on and on. It's like for a year the word stay has been just part of our lives and the restrictions that that has brought with it. So stay is just a word we're hearing all the time. What I want to do is I hope your ears and your heart and your mind is open to hearing where is God in all of this and What does stay mean for the people of God? And how how can you and I learn from this? And really, as we move forward into the future where this will no longer be a big thing, we think. How can we learn from it and what can we apply to our lives? So I'm going to look at Acts 27 today as my main text. Looking at verses 7 to 12. Now, I did speak about part of this twice before over the years but I'm not looking at what I spoke before this is about Paul being shipwrecked on the island of Malta I'm not going there but I am looking at the journey that Paul had before this happened because I think it really speaks to us today so may God bless the reading of his word to us Now, Paul had been kind of arrested This is the context. He wasn't really a prisoner, but he wasn't really free either. He, because of spiritual reasons, the Jews had attacked him, and they were trying to convict him of crazy things, and he appealed his case to Caesar in Rome. It's like us in Ireland making um, an appeal to the Supreme Court in Dublin. And because of that, he had to travel to Rome. And Paul set out on a journey back then it was mainly by sea and that's what we're going to read here as we read the scripture so let's just dive straight in after they started the journey I'm going to look at the middle part of this so you may not have heard anybody preach on this for a long time and Luke who wrote it says we had much difficulty from the start of our sea journey When the wind did not allow us to hold our coast and we moved along the coast of Crete with great difficulty until we got to the harbour of Fairhaven where we anchored sailing remember it was wind sails then had already become dangerous as it was now mid-October so Paul warned them all saying, men, I can see our journey will be a disaster and bring great loss to the ship, to the cargo, even to lives. But the centurion decided to sail to the southwest facing harbour of Phoenix as Fairhaven was not a suitable harbour to spend the winter. Then, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought, yay, they have the right weather, and so they set sail. But, always look out for the buts in the Bible, but they soon got caught up in a terrible hurricane. And we had much difficulty. Sorry, they soon got caught up in a terrible hurricane, forgive me. So I'm gonna stop the account there because I just want to look at this portion of scripture, believing and convinced that this is quite prophetic for us here in Ireland, particularly, but I think a lot of other people all over the world as as well will probably see this. So here we have Paul on a journey you're on a journey I'm on a journey it's a bit like Paul getting into the ship we're on a journey through this stormy weather known as the coronavirus and so we're told straight away that they had much difficulty from the start and I can remember the day on the second week of March tomorrow is the first of March so it's almost a year ago making a recording a video here to say something we never had to say before we weren't allowed open the church Mike and I were discussing it earlier we think it's probably the biggest upheaval the Christian church in the world and in Europe and in Ireland has ever had to face the fact that you are here today is testament to your belonging to one of the greatest movements in the history of mankind known as the Christian faith Here you are a year later, and you still love God. Here you are a year later, and you're still hungry for God's Word. And some of you are brand new to this, and you came to faith during this bizarre year. And others have fallen away. But here you are. We're part of something wonderful that is far beyond any lockdown. So. Here they are, and they reached a place called Fair Haven. And here we are now, guys, in the island of Crete. Now, I will say to everyone here in Ireland and all of Northern Europe, when we think of the Greek island of Crete and the Mediterranean, we think sun. We think sand. We think sangria, or whatever the other S word, surf. We don't think winter, but of course they have winter. It gets chilly and cold there, and from mid-October until around mid-March, for five months of the year, they have winter too and lots of storms. And Luke already makes that statement when he says sailing had become already difficult as it was past mid-October. Now, most versions of the Bible will have the word as it was already past the fast. What was the fast? Fast. That was the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, one of the big Jewish feasts. You go to Israel and Yom Kippur, everyone stops. Uh, There's a moment when no cars, everything stops, and people remember those who died. It's a time of making good on the sins of the past. But anyway, that was always around that time, the second week of October. So we're now into winter season why the centurion decided to sail at that time of the year is questionable but sailing was difficult and so here they've hobbled in with great difficulty to the misnamed or misnamed Uh, Harbour called Fairhaven. It actually wasn't that fair a haven at all. It's a bit like when Eric the Red, the famous Viking, discovered Greenland. He said, what can I call this country that will give it a positive outlook, talking about PR. And he called that iceberg, otherwise known as Greenland, Greenland. That should be the name of Ireland. Ireland is Greenland, not Greenland anyway. So Fairhaven was doing a bit of a PR message there. And here they are and they are saying what do we do from here we got to get to Rome and we're only as far as Crete having traveled from Palestine and then Paul speaks prophetically into it remember we're told that the wind would not allow them to sail any further what is the wind symbolic of the Spirit the Holy Spirit this is speaking to us prophetically wouldn't allow you and me do stuff that we wanted to do normally but the wind didn't allow them and into this context paul the great apostle the man of god speaks prophetically as a believer and he says men he spoke to about 270 men no women sorry girls you weren't allowed to board this ship Just as well says you men, I can see our journey will be a disaster and bring great loss to ship to cargo and even to lives so Paul is bringing a prophetic word to all of them there and the thing is like they didn't know whether this was true or not remember what the book of Ecclesiastes says for everything there is a season there's a season to go and there's a season to stay and some of you who are go people Michael is a go guy I'm a go guy a lot of people it's just our nature we want to do stuff but sometimes God says don't go stay put stand still and see the salvation of God so Paul who was also a go guy, actually says, No, this will bring disaster. Stay. But the centurion decided to sail. He's the guy who was in charge of a lot of prisoners. He's the guy who had hired the ship. And he's the guy who had to make the final call. Now, we know that he was a kind man. And he wasn't unreasonable. He was not a fool. He had allowed Paul, even though he was technically a prisoner, to go off in one of the previous cities and meet up with some Christians. So he was a reasonable man. But he decided to go and sail out, even though Paul prophetically had said, don't go. Now, he was not a Christian. Would he have been able to hear what the Spirit was saying? Even at times in the Bible we read, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Will the church even hear what the Spirit is saying? This is a question often asked because sometimes we can become tone deaf. It's all about what I want, what my personality or makeup wants, rather than what God says we need. So the centurion decided to sail, and if you read into it, he went according to the advice of the ship's owner and the ship's pilot. Both of those were deeply experienced. They were, if you will, the experts. And here he is in a very grey situation. You have the word of God, the prophetic word, versus the word of the experts. And not being a Christian himself, he goes and makes a decision according to what the pilot and the owner of the ship says. And we're told he decided to sail to Phoenix port as Fairhaven was not a suitable winter harbour. Now, don't think this is Phoenix, Arizona. He's sailing to Phoenix, Arizona. No, there was a Phoenix ever before. There was a Phoenix, Arizona. This is Phoenix on the island of Crete. I'll show it you on a map in a second. So he decided to just sail a bit up the coast of the island. Um, rather than go with what Paul said. Because Fairhaven was not a great harbour. Now it was a it was a harbour, but the town La Silla was a little bit away. It was a very small town, um, and the harbour wasn't fully buffeted against the winter. So if they had stayed there, they wouldn't have had a comfortable winter. So the the decision was: do I stay in this poor harbour? where there's a lot of discomfort, or do I take a risky journey? Mm -hmm. To quote my teenage years, and the band known as The Clash. Do I stay, or do I go? should see Michael behind the screens. He's doing all kinds of <laughs> actions there. The Clash had a, had a song, Do I Stay or Do I Go? This was his call. And this was not an easy call. You see, if it's a very black and white situation, you say yes to one and no to the other, you don't need, you don't need great wisdom for that. But when it's one of those grey areas where you don't know, and maybe some of you watching in today are facing a decision that's quite muddy and grey. Do I say yes? Do I say no? Do I try for this? Or do I not try for it? Who knows what the right decision to do is? But if you hear God's word into it, now you know what's right. If he was listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying, he would have taken heed of Paul's advice. And what was God's word? Stay. Don't go. Here's a map. I don't know if you can see it this is the island of crete this is where they went into fair haven the town which didn't have an awful lot of facilities let's say it was nearby and he wants to sail up here to phoenix you can see arizona there no you can't this is just the other it's still there today i don't know what it's called but it's just up the coast in crete but you see because they got caught up in a terrible hurricane they were blown off the small island of Coda and right across the Mediterranean to the island of Malta. He just wanted to go up here. He said go and God said stay. So do you have discomfort for a season for five months but but live? Or do you take a chance where you might survive but you might die as well? And this was his call. Does that sound familiar to anyone, I wonder? Do I stay and it's a bit uncomfortable and it's not really what I want, but you know, I, I get through it and I live and we'll sail another day and come the, after the mid-March we can sail again? Or do I take a chance but maybe risk my life? You know, when Michal Martin said there's going to be another what we think is five weeks of level five lockdown here, I can imagine, I know there was sighs and moaning all over the country, I get it, I want to go for a coffee, go for a meal, catch a movie, hop on a plane to uh, Michael is doing all kinds of funny things in the background, catch a plane out to sunny Spain for a week or whatever, we all want to do those things. But right now we're told to stay. We have to speak into it. My role as a pastor, we have to bring God's word into this. Because we're not just like anyone else. We have God in our lives. You and I are part of something huge that is happening. And we can't just look at this, these events with the natural eye so he had made the decision to go and were told when a gentle south wind began to blow they thought the right weather was here and they set sail i love the imagery of this verse first of all it was gentle it was gentle You heard me say this before, some crooning singer in the late 60s when everyone started free love, apparently, became in vogue. And he began, he wrote a song where he was telling his wife, I'm actually going to sleep around, you know. And he wrote this really cool song, you were gentle on my mind, honey. I always think, imagine a fella in Cork saying that to his wife. Honey, I'm sitting around, you're gentle on my mind, am I gentle on my mind, am I, am I, (laughs) boom. Anyway. It was a gel wind. It was a south wind. When the wind comes from the south on the south coast of Ireland, it's balmy. We know what that feels. The signs looked good on that day. But let me quote an old saying. I thought it was an Irish saying, but I think they say it in the UK as well. Certainly in this part of the planet we say it. And we say it usually in the month of April, late April. One swallow does not a summer make. The swallows leave Ireland, usually around mid-October, and go down to North Africa and the Mediterranean down there for the winter. And then usually, sometime in May, they come up to Ireland for the summer and and England. But of course, you might get the odd one coming a bit earlier in April. And that's where the saying comes from. You might see one or two outline swallows arrive, that doesn't mean the summer is here. You have to wait until there, a big flock of them come. Then you really know the weather is going to be okay. And this is an old saying. And just because there was a gentle south wind one day didn't mean it was right to sail. Just because, I don't know, the virus numbers go low for a day doesn't mean we can all go, Aah! They say that's what happened over Christmas with the virus. People heard there was a vaccine and went, yeah! One swallow does not a summer make. He should have listened to Paul. And of course what happened, they soon got caught up in a hurricane. It just happened, they got caught up in the hurricane. And instead of being just a bit uncomfortable for a few months and surviving and having all the cargo and all the ship and all the life safe, he just couldn't stay still and I can I appeal to some and your leg is twitching and you're probably cursing me now and a few of you are turning off the telly or coming out of the phone because you don't want to hear it but some of us have got to say you can't go and God is in the state God is in the state sit down stand still and for what we think is the last opportunity we'll all have let's learn something profound about what's going on if you want to know what happened they ended up being shipwrecked but here are just some of the words used i'm not going to go into it but verse 17 we were driven along 18 we got a violent battering 18 again, we had to throw the cargo overboard. 19, they actually had to throw the tackle, which is how you use the ship overboard. Verse 20, for many days they saw no sun, no stars. And at the end of verse 20, we gave up all hope. Some people, because you're so lonely and isolated or struggling financially, some of us have given up all hope. You are a son. You are a daughter of the King of Kings. Mm You are called to greater things Mm -hmm. than giving up. You are part of a movement that has withstood terrible persecution, years of hassle, and yet we are the fastest growing, most dynamic, powerful movement on the face of this earth. And we are destined for great things. And when our Lord and Savior comes back, we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. You have more courage in you than those who would give up and say it's too hard because all I can do is just eat my dinner at home and watch the telly oh my goodness me our forebears in the faith face so much much worse you have more courage in you than that you know you do you know you're able to withstand another five weeks of lockdown or whatever it is God will make you and me able he is the God who equips us he equips us that was the result of the centurion making the wrong call and not staying. now i can hear some of you saying but the bible is full of the word go you're right jesus said it in loads of cases go into all the world Go tell everyone the news that the kingdom of God has come. Go and make disciples. Go and be baptized. Go and do good works or good deeds. It's all over the place. I know. And go is part of the Christian economy, if you will. Nobody's arguing that. But for everything, there is a season. And horror of horrors to the go people. God also often said stay. And I'm speaking prophetically here. The Lord warned Joseph in a dream and said, Stay in Egypt. Do you know how long he stayed there? Two years. With Mary and the infant Jesus until it's safe to come back. Two years? We're already hitting into the second year of this virus, but for two years, Jesus, the infant, was in Egypt. And I can imagine some people, and I've heard the argument say, But we're not called to Egypt, we're called to Israel. What are you doing in Egypt? It is not your calling. You're meant to be in Israel. You're meant to be. No, you're not. He was meant to be in Egypt for two years. Because that was the season God called him into. And you and I are called right now. Maybe there's only another five weeks left there. But right now, we are called into a season of stay. And the blessing is to accept the season God has put us in. Brothers and sisters, you and I have no control over this. I mean the government decisions, but we do have control over how we respond to it. And some people's frustration and anger, like the crowd who were arrested on the street last night, up in Dublin, do you know what? It's because they're not in control. It's good not to be in control. But only if the control is handed over to God. Would anyone say Amen? Amen. Hand it over. Let him work it out. He's well able to do it. Let me quote one more scripture to you. Before I just go into the final closing parts of my message. This really spoke to me. And maybe it speaks to you. It was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Not exactly the most politically correct guy you could ever meet. I'd say if Jeremiah applied to the diplomatic service to become a diplomat, uh, he wouldn't have gotten the job. Jeremiah just spoke God's word and said it out. He really was a prophetic guy. But he spoke to the people of God, the Israelites, in his generation, who were weeping because they had been moved from the promised land of Israel To the land of Babylon and the city of Babylon modern-day Iraq and I'm sure many of you know the Psalms by the rivers of Babylon there we sat down we wept when we remembered Zion are you weeping when you remember the way life was before restrictions maybe you are well perhaps God will speak to you through this because it so spoke to me Jeremiah said to the Jews If you stay in this land, Babylon, then I will build you up, not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you, and I will turn from bringing this calamity upon you. It's almost as if the Lord was saying, when you learn what I want you to learn, then we can all move on. But as long as you resist and fight, I'm just going to have to keep trying to teach you this thing. And the blessing for the people of God was, if you stay for that season, I bless you. I won't uproot you, I'll plant you. And you can read it elsewhere, we can read all about it where they were blessed in Babylon and they prospered there and they grew there and they were, had fertile gardens and their sons and daughters found husbands and wives and all of that and everything that you're having yourself. This, brothers and sisters, were, was the blessing from them learning to accept the stay season. Maybe I should have preached this a year ago, but my head wasn't in that place because I've been on a journey on this too. But I am convinced Some of you are going to hate me for saying it. But God is in the stay. Amen. Just as he's in the go. Amen. And for however long more we'll have a stay thing going on. Let's hear God in it. Let's learn from the Lord in this. And let's praise him and bless him for the season that he's allowing us to go through. Have you ever in your prayer life thanked God for this season? I would say most of us haven't. Most of us have prayed to get out of it. But until we learn the peace, I remember many decades ago, as a young Christian, I had quite a difficult situation in the job I was working in, a secular job. And there was a very difficult personality I was trying to cope with there. And I remember asking a visiting speaker, a man in his 70s at the time, he would have been... An apostle, looking back on it now and I remember asking him and I was like 19 or 20 and I said I really want God to get me out of this job and to open the door for another job and there wasn't a lot of jobs back in the early 80s then and I always remember what he said to me he said in my experience the Lord is going to keep you there until you learn what you need to learn when you learn that and you accept it and you submit and surrender then he'll open a new door and you know I did learn to accept it and I actually never had to go because the person who was causing the trouble went I didn't have to go I didn't have to do all the upheaval but the troublemaker in the place I worked didn't leave until I know this I really had to surrender and learn my peace and make my peace with it so brothers and sisters God's Word right now and it mightn't be for long is stay and don't go when the time comes to go you'll be fed up of me telling you to go and to come and all of that but right now the word is for stay so i'm going to pray that a deep peace comes into every soul who is struggling With the stay message. I do appreciate that many are looking on. And you're very comfortable with it. You finally have more time. And more peace and all of that. But I'm going to ask you to pray with me. For those who are struggling with it. But just before I close by praying. I want to just share a couple of prophetic words. And some of them are very specific. So if you will. I'm just going to share them. Um, I'm going to speak to two men. And I know they're in the city of Cork. One guy is in his 30s, the other guy is probably late 40s, something like that. And for one of you, the word stay is where you're living. There's hassle where you're living, you're really struggling, and everything within you is to leave that house. And God is saying, you are so short-sighted. This current little difficulty will soon blow over if you just have a bit of humility say sorry and you will bless the day you did that to the person that you fell out with under your roof I leave that with you and to another man the Lord is saying and this is more relational you are in a situation and it's almost as if you want to run from it and God's word to you is stand your ground don't run Stay where you are, stand your ground. You can share the points that you're making with grace and with humility, and that will break through to the person that you feel like running away from. So stand your ground. One other word, and it's for someone who's watching in today, and I believe this is for one of our sisters. You are deeply troubled by a friendship and you Your reading of the situation is your friend has just abandoned you, doesn't care. And in your heart you've resolved never to have anything to do with that person again. And the Lord is saying this. There is a demon, and that's a strong word, out to poison your friendship. Because your friendship is blessed by God with this other lady. And God can do great things with both of you. You know that together but the enemy is trying to poison it. Have a bit of grace. Don't jump to judgment and stay with that friendship. I leave that with you. So I'm gonna pray now and whether you're sitting on the couch, or you're standing in the kitchen or you're out parked in the car, maybe you close your eyes just where you are and join me in the prayer. Help every one of us, Lord to bless the season we're in, even if it goes against our natures. But our nature is not what this is about. It's about your will. Thank you that we are part of something mighty and strong and powerful called the Kingdom of God and the Children of God. And help those of us who struggle with staying to learn what we need to learn make us strong make us overcomers and help us O oh God to really move forward when we have to move forward but give us that still peace so that we can remain where we're called to remain until we learn our lesson and until this season changes we pray that O oh God We would not make a wrong call and head out into a hurricane, but that we would hear your word. And even though it might be uncomfortable, that we would learn the lesson we need to learn until we are called to go. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God say it. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen.